Well, it is uh, such a privilege to be with you uh, this morning. I'm Dan, of course, and my wife Sandy is over here. We're your missionaries to Myanmar, uh, which is also known as Burma. And I, before I get started, I just wanted to give a, uh, a shout out to uh, Pastor Sheldon and his wife, Michelle. I just want to say, Pastor, thank you for uh, trusting me with this beautiful congregation this morning. I'm, I'm trusting that I'm not going to do any damage and so that you come back, everybody will still be here, but uh, thank you so much. And, and I'm just so impressed with them as leaders uh, because uh, we, need, we need true leaders in the church today that will take us from where we are to where God wants us to go. And Pastor Sheldon and Michelle are people like that. And their vision for the 715 uh, community is so much bigger than what they can do. And they know that. They know that it's a God vision, and when God visions happen, we trust that God will uh, bring the vision into reality. It's not what we can do, really, but it's what God can do. So thank you, Pastor Sheldon and Michelle, for this opportunity, and thank all of you this morning uh, for showing up on this holiday weekend. I mean, I always used to check out a church on holiday weekends, so, you know, I guess everybody else does what I did. But thank you for being here and giving me your time. This is the happiest part of my week to be honest, uh, being able to take time to, to communicate and hopefully connect with each one of you this morning. Um, so thank you. So I, I also want to just, uh, uh, just introduce my wife again. Sandy, would you stand? Because without her, she won't stand. See, you know, these rebellious wives sometimes. Come on. <laughs> uh, thank you for being such a part of uh, helping me with all that God has asked me to do. And also, I'd like to just introduce my brother, Carl, and his wife, Pat. Would you stand? Thank you for coming up and being a part of this. Uh, they've been such a great support to us. We just wanted to acknowledge them this morning and uh, say thank you. So what I'm going to do this morning, because I am kind of a preacher, and the problem with preachers, you can give me four sentences to say, and I'll turn it into an hour sermon. So I want to give you an update uh, for Sandy and I and our mission to Myanmar this morning, and I'm going to read it for the sake of being able to spend more time in the Word of God with you this morning. So if you could just uh, sit back and listen uh, to this, uh, maybe it'll help you to remember if uh, uh, we've been here before, maybe you'll remember some of these things, but maybe some of it is brand new to all of you as well. So in 2015, uh, many of you already know, but maybe some don't, that... Uh, for 12 years, about 11, 12 years, we pastored Highland Church right down the road in Stevens Point, Plover. And then God called us to the mission field in 2015, where we transitioned from pastors to missionaries to the nation of Myanmar, also known as Burma. And in 2016, we moved to Myanmar, and we were a part of a planting churches there. Um, in 2018, though, two years after, and at the peak of our mission like 70 plus churches were planted where the church has never been planted. And that's a glory to God. I mean, I thought I was God's gift to planting churches where the church has never been, but I realized it was all about God and all about what he's doing. Because in 2018, I was diagnosed with a deadly disease, pancreatic cancer. And if you know anything about that disease, 97 well, no, it's about 93% don't make it. It was a death sentence, and we had to return to the States for treatment. Uh, it really was a death sentence. Uh, we felt like we were going to die, but God. 
but God. We need a lot of that in our lives today. But God had other plans. And as a result of God's answering many prayers from many people around the world, I stand before you today completely healed and cancer-free. And not only cancer-free, but I have my energy back. And not only that, I am now, I think I'm one of the most handsome guys on the face of the planet. I mean, I'm just kidding. God is so good. Uh, and, and so, you know, what the devil meant for harm in our lives, in my life, God meant for good. He used it for good. Our mission, rather than dying, has expanded now to the entire Buddhist world, which includes advocating for a worldwide prayer movement for the Buddhists. And we call it Change the Map. Change the Map is a movement of prayer and action to change the spiritual map of the Buddhist world. Change the Map goals are to raise up 50,000 prayer warriors to prayer partners who will pray once a week for the Buddhist world and all of the Buddhists around the world to send out 100 missionaries, new missionaries, missionary associates, and raise up $5 million to help accomplish all this. This is a big God vision, I know, but God. But God. God is leading this, and he's about to do something amazing. He's about to do some amazing things in that part of the world. You see, more churches still need to be planted. 73 churches in the midst of over 1 billion Buddhists who are still worshiping idols and the demons behind those idols. We need a major movement of God, and that's why we believe this movement of prayer is what God has kept Sandy and I here in the States for for this season, to raise up that prayer initiative, to be a part of a team around the United States and around the world that are raising up 50,000 prayer warriors that will pray once a week for the Buddhist world. We're just talking maybe five minutes, ten minutes, maybe an hour, once a week for the Buddhist world. And later on in the sermon, you'll see why that's so important. But I'm going to ask you right up front, as we start to get into the Word of God, I'm going to ask you to pray about what God may want you to do individually. Your church is already supporting us. Your church is already behind us. But what about you individually? What about you as a person? Maybe God has a call for you to join us and focus on this part of the world. So if I may pray this morning and just ask the Holy Spirit to continue what he's already doing. Thank you, worship team, for ushering us into the presence of God. It was really awesome. Thank you so much. But Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Because this weekend we celebrate Independence Day. We celebrate the birth of a new nation under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. We pray for our nation this morning, Father, that you would continue to be that for all, that our nation would, be, would continue to be that for all of our citizens. Now, as believers, we know that to remain indivisible, we must remain under God. 
Lord, you know how far we have drifted as a nation from you, but also maybe even this morning personally, how far we have drifted from you. So this morning we pray for our nation that you would pour out your grace and your mercy upon her and upon each one of us this morning. Holy Spirit, set us free, will you, this morning? Set us free as we look into your word today. Amen. Amen, amen, right? Hallelujah. How many of you love your nation? Amen. I'm so thankful to live in America. I know we have real bathrooms here. Where I serve in Asia, it's kind of like what they call squatty potties. I don't know about you, when you get a little older, you can squat real easy, but it ain't so easy getting back up. Anyway, I got a lot of stories about that. I mean, I could stand up here for an hour and tell you about bathroom stories. But anyway, we better move on to something more important. Let's look at Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 to 13. Um, can you put that up on the screen? Where are we at? Amen. All right, I'm looking for somebody. Uh, who feels very uh, ready this morning? You came prepared. Mm. Come on up here, Bam. Yes, yes, yes. Right here. You just come right here. I want you just to read this. You know how to read, right? Nope, right here. You're going to read in the mic, and you're going to lead us into the presence of God by reading the word. Give her a hand. Come on up. All right. Now listen, this is the most powerful scripture you've ever read, so you give it, right? You give it. Clear your throat. You ready? Yeah. Oh, boy. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in, the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arm soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Give her a round of applause. Thank you so much. Amen. It's a very important uh, scripture for us this morning and in our day and age. And I want to talk a little bit about that and how it's very applicable for us and for the Buddhist world, where we are uh, believing God to do amazing things there. We're believing for millions of souls to come to Jesus in the Buddhist world. And we know that we can't do that without prayer. We know that we can't do that in our own ministries and missions and in our own human efforts and all the things that we can do. We need God to move in a very powerful and mighty way. And it was one of the questions that I had asked the Lord at the peak of our ministry, why God? Why Lord? Would you pull us off the field with a deadly disease and for two years have to fight death? I had to look at death in the face through chemo and through radiation and through like a nine-hour surgery where they did all kinds of things in me. And I just said, Lord, I thought I was, 
I thought I was doing your will. I thought I was doing things that were pleasing unto you and, and all of this that we did in Burma. And here I am. I'm fighting infections that were taking my life from me. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is not only the God of the mountaintop, but he's the God of the valley as well. And it's in the valley. It's in the times of suffering. It's in the times when we don't know what God is doing. We can't answer the question why is when God by His Spirit is the closest to us and He's doing more in us than He has ever done before. You just can't feel it. You just can't always feel God. You can't feel what He's doing. But He is at work in your trouble. He is more present in your trouble in the valley oftentimes than He is on the mountaintop. Not to say that He isn't there as well. It's just that we don't feel Him in the valley. And that's why it's such a walk of faith and not by sight. But Lord, why did you bring us off the field? Why did I have to go through all of this? And I believe it's to bring you this message this morning for the season that we're in, not only in world missions and reaching the world, but for our own nation and for our own church and for our own personal family life. I believe this message is from the Lord to you this morning because he wants you to hear it. And not just hear it, but he wants you to get it. He wants you to get it deep within your spirit and deep within your soul. And I said, Lord, so why off the field? Why to go through all this? And he says, because Dan, tell them. Tell them there must be a tactical change. We can't continue to do things the same way over and over and expect a different result. Something has to change. Wouldn't you agree? Something has to change in our world, the Buddhist world for sure. Something has to change in our nation. Something has to change in our churches across America. Something has to change in our personal lives. Would you agree? Something has to change. And the Lord told me that this tactical change has to happen. You see, when we look at the Buddhist world, for over 200 years, missionaries have been sent there. Very few in comparison to all over the world, but still, missionaries have been sent to that part of the world. Buildings have been built, okay? People have gone. Money has been spent. Even schools and hospitals or uh, Bible schools, they've been raised up in that part of the world. But that people group is still unreached. The people group is still unreached. Just much like the 715 community stands before you largely unreached in our generation. They certainly have a gospel saturation. You can go to any radio station, TV, or any website, and you can get saturated with the gospel. But the response to the gospel, where is the response to the power of the gospel? So the 715 community stands largely unreached when we compare. How many Christians, how many true believers are here? You see, the Buddhist people group remain unreached. The walls of Jericho still stand strong and keep nearly over one billion Buddhists in darkness worshiping idols and you know it's not just idols of stone and gold and family altar and animals and things you see you have to understand that there are demonic forces behind those idols do you know that people have prayed to 
idols and got answers to their prayers. At least they thought they had answers to their prayers. Because demons and the devil knows how to manipulate and do things behind the scenes. And people still are attracted to worshiping things, idols of stone and gold. They don't have ears to hear or eyes to see. They don't even have a tongue to talk, yet people bow down in relentless worship of these idols, hoping that something good will happen to them. So what's got to change? What's the tactical change that has to happen? For the Buddhist world, in the large picture, but also for your own personal life and everything, what's, what change has to happen? And I believe it's this, as we read in the scriptures today, as Moses held the staff high, Israel prevailed. But when Moses' hands got tired and the staff was lowered, Amalek prevailed. There's a battle going on, and I know all of you are aware of that. There's a battle going on in the world. There's a battle going on in our nation. There's a battle going on in our churches. There's a battle going on in your life. Many of you have experienced the valley. Maybe you're still in the valley. You're still in the battle. So what's got to change? Something certainly has to change, and I believe it's this, that we have to raise the staff once again. The staff has to be raised and held high and not let down because God moves when the staff is held high. Many are asking, where's the move of God in these days? Yet we are bankrupt when it comes to prayer. We're bankrupt when it comes to intimacy with God. We're bankrupt when we spend our time and money on everything else but the Lord himself and the mission that he's asked us to be a part of. So the tactical change is to raise the staff. My colleague and author of the book that's out on the table about the Buddhist world, it's called Change the Map. He wrote this, missionaries and local believers are fighting on the spiritual battleground. Whether it's in the Buddhist world or whether it's right in your local church, we have those local believers and you are fighting here on this spiritual battleground. As missionaries, we're fighting on the spiritual battleground. He writes, brandishing the swords of evangelism and church planting and discipleship making movements. But guess what? When it comes to the Buddhist world, we are not winning. We're not winning. 72 churches and Maybe now thousands of souls have come to Christ. It is a drop in the bucket when you compare it to one billion Buddhists or how about three billion Buddhists and Hindus that have never heard about Jesus or the gospel. We take for granted so many things that we have here in America and we become complacent about God's love for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his most treasured, treasured relationship to suffer and die. That's how much God loves this world. That's how much he loved you. We're not winning. Mark writes, Mark Dreen is the author of that book. He says, they desperately need intercessors to raise the staff of prayer to God on behalf of Buddhists. That's why we need you. 
Our nation needs you. Your church needs you. We need you to raise the staff of prayer once again. The staff of intercession. When Moses rose that staff, it was a, it was a representation. Here's why this is so important. It was a representation of the power of intercession. But here's why this is so important. Back in the 1980s, many of you are now familiar with jihadism and the Muslim world because of what happened on 9-11. Since 1980, though, there was a movement of prayer called the Juma Prayer Initiative where Christians around the world agreed to pray once a week on Friday, the Juma Prayer Day, for the Muslim world. This is in the 1980s. What began to happen? What began to happen? Was that Muslims began to see visions and dreams of Jesus. And many Muslims began to convert and become Christians, followers of Jesus by conversion. Let me read to you. Because of that prayer initiative, what took place? The Gospel Coalition writes this. The Iranian Revolution of 1979 established a hardline Islamic regime. And over the next two decades, Christians faced increasing opposition and persecution. All the missionaries were kicked out, which has just happened in Myanmar. Evangelism was outlawed. Bibles in Persian were banned and soon became scarce, and several pastors were martyred. The church came under tremendous pressure, and many feared it would soon wither away and die. But the exact opposite happened. You see, this is where the Juma Prayer Initiative began to take root. Now, in the last 20 years, more Iranians have become Christians than in the previous 13 centuries since Islam came to Iran. In 1979, there were an estimated 500 Christians from a Muslim background in Iran. 500 in the whole nation of Iran. Today, there are hundreds of thousands, and some estimate more than one million. According to the research organization Operation World, Iran has the fastest growing evangelical movement in the world. The second fastest growing church is in Afghanistan, where Afghans are being reached in large part by the Iranians. As a result of this concentrated, massive prayer movement, the Juma Prayer Initiative, God began to move in such a way that Muslims were seeing visions and dreams of Jesus. And today we can actually say that there's probably a million or more who follow Jesus as a result of that. We need the exact same thing for the Buddhist world. We need to see a prayer initiative, a massive prayer initiative come together so that the Buddhist world will start seeing dreams and visions of Jesus. Because when a Westerner presents the gospel to an Easterner, to the Buddhist they have no clue of the concept. And I could spend another hour talking about how the gospel makes no sense to the Eastern mind. But when they see Jesus, 
or when they have a dream or a vision, and they come to a believer and say, what is this? They find Christ and are saved. So that's what I'm here today, is to advocate, change the map, prayer movement, where we are believing, and I'll say it again for 50,000 people around the world who will agree to pray once a week for the Buddhist world. Maybe you could be a part of that. To see the fastest growing church in Iran and Afghanistan, wait a minute, why isn't that in America? Something's got to change. Something has to change. I do believe there needs to be a tactical change where we begin to hold and raise the staff of prayer high. You see, it's about winning. We're not winning in the Buddhist world. I'm wondering, are we winning in our nation when it comes to fully devoted followers of Christ, disciples of Jesus? Are we winning here in the 715 community? Are we winning? If not, something's got to change. And the only way to win, I can tell you right now, the only way to win is through prayer. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, the staff in his hand, Amalek prevailed. You see, Moses' staff represented his connection to God's power and authority to win battles. Moses' staff represented his intercession before God for Israel when they're in the valley. When Moses raised the staff, Joshua could see that Moses, Aaron, and Hur were interceding on his behalf, and it fueled his, his power to win. The Lord moved for Joshua, and he won the battle. And the reason that so many battles are being lost in our Buddhist world, or in our nation, or in our family, in our church, is because maybe the staff isn't even present in our life. Maybe the staff hasn't been, pray, hasn't been raised. Maybe it's become something that's kind of our leftover. We get to it when we can. And then we wonder why we lose so many battles. We have to raise the staff of intercession once again. We have to prioritize prayer once again. Because the only way that we're going to change the tide of the battle in the Buddhist world, the only way we're going to change the tide of the battle in our nation that we're all so familiar with here, the divisiveness. We're supposed to be indivisible under God with liberty and justice for all. But you know what? It's like everything seems to be unraveling. It seems like we're losing the battle. And I wonder sometimes how our churches feel like we're losing the battle overall. Until we make this dynamic change, this paradigm shift where prayer and communion with Jesus Christ becomes our priority as believers, we will continue to go, oh, we're winning, winning, winning. Oh, we're losing, 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 losing. It's a back and a forth. And we never really win. We never really gain the ground. We never really take the land. 
We never really see the walls of Jericho to come rumbling down. Addictions still bind us. Worry, fear, and doubt still plague us. Sickness and disease continues to ravage us as humans. Something's got to change. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I believe in this message so much that I'm continuing, even after what I've been through, I thought, man, I'm done with this. I'm retiring. <laughs> but the Lord said, nah, I'm preparing you for this. Please open your hearts to the possibility of God doing something dynamically different in your life this very morning. You see, Moses' staff was his connection with God's power and authority to win battles. Our staff of prayer and intercession is our connection with God's power and authority to win battles. That's how you win. We win battles that way. God wins the battle and we participate. So I'm going to advocate this morning for all of you and maybe all of you out there that are listening online. By the way, welcome. I'm sorry I missed you at the introduction, but I'm just going to ask you to consider allowing God to change something in you today where you are willing, maybe it's going to take an Aaron and a Her to stand beside you to lift up the staff of intercession once again, that it becomes the priority. And I'm even saying, Pastor Sheldon, this may kick me out of your church forever, but I'm saying even prayer from our congregations need to be more important than our preaching. Your prayers are more important than my preaching this morning. Do you know that? The prayer time you had this morning, church, it's really, it's really more important than what I'm saying today. We need to reprioritize prayer. We need to bring it to hold it high. We need to participate in it. We need to be bathed in it, immersed in it, that it becomes part of our life. You see, Oswald Chambers uh, is a Christian author, wrote books about prayer. He said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work, but prayer is the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Many of us pray so that we can do good things, do great things, have a great career, have great family, have great, you know, success. And we think that that's the great work or being a missionary or a pastor or whatever is the great work. No, 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 no. Preaching a great sermon, well, that's a great work. No, the great work is holding the staff high, being in communion and connection with God's power to win battles. That's what we have to change. That's what needs to change. Now, if we just continue to see prayer as something that's optional, something that, oh, yeah, I forgot, okay, we're driving down the highway, brushing our teeth, getting our kids to soccer, and we just throw out a few prayer. Well, that's okay, too. It's just that, is it really a priority in your life? We have to reprioritize prayer and hold the staff high. It's the only way. They will change the spiritual map of the Buddhist world. Will you play that video uh, for me? Something has to change. <laughs> 
1913, Adoniram Judson, a missionary to Burma, looked over thousands of temples and pagodas and spoke these prophetic words. Weep over your falling temples. Retire from the scenes of your past greatness. The churches of Jesus will soon supplant these idolatrous monuments, and the chantings of Buddha will die away before the Christian hymn of praise. Judson did not live to see the fulfillment of this prophecy. After 200 years of missionary labor, Buddhism still looks as strong and immovable as the fortress of Jericho did. The gospel impact on the Buddhist world seems like small cracks in these walls that have stood for hundreds and in some places even thousands of years. Nearly one billion people live imprisoned by Buddhism and its demanding rituals. Places like Laos, Myanmar, and Vietnam are less than 5% Christian, with Thailand, Nepal, Cambodia, Japan, and others with less than 1%. Something has to change. As we circle these massive walls, we know that powerful, fervent prayer is the key to seeing them crumble. Focused intercession has the power to kick down doors, to break chains, to set the captives free. Will you march with an army of prayer warriors for the Buddhist world? Your prayers can change a heart, change a city, change a nation, and change the map. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be very transparent. I just don't like to pray. Um, you know, pastors are supposed to love to pray and love to do all things spiritual, right? I love to be in the presence of Jesus, but I don't like to pray because it interrupts my, my schedule. It interrupts what I want to do. It, it just... It's not something that we just like to do. I mean, am I the only one? You guys like to pray? And I, I don't, I don't, I know you don't want to say, ah, I hate praying. No. But how are we going to change that? I mean, if it's not innate in us to pray and to commune with the Father and to commune and to be in the presence of the Lord, it's just not innate in us. It's not something that comes natural to us. We want to do whatever brings comfort to our flesh often rather than finding the amazing move of God in our own personal lives through prayer. I don't know. I can't change you. But how many of you today believe something's got to change? There's one. Raise your hand if you really. Something's got to change in your nation, you think? Yeah, something's got to change in our own lives. You're here today. Somebody's here today and say, man, if something doesn't change right now, I'm out of here. I don't think God really cares about me. I don't think God really moves anymore. 
I think it's all kind of, well, we go to church and, you know, I feel good there. It feels nice. But we're in a battle. We're in a war with the souls of men around the world, and women and children. How's we, how are we going to do that? How are we going to fill these chairs? I know it's a holiday weekend, but how are we going to bring people to Jesus? I mean, I could pre- I've preached, preached, and preached, and preached, and preached, and preached. And I've had, I think, too much of a priority on preaching. I mean, I'm a great preacher. Nobody raised their hand on that. But it hasn't changed a whole lot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, if you think something needs to change, would you be the first one to say, I I need to change? When it comes to prayer, I really need to change. Because if you will say that with me, and if you will just come forward, and I know many of you say, I don't want to get out of my chair, I don't want to go forward, but I'm telling you, The only way things are going to change is if we do something different. And I think different means let's get before God right now because I'm going to pray. Matter of fact, I'm going to have my brother come. Carl, will you just come and stand down here? Sandy, would you come? Pat, come. And Pastor, because we can't do this What we're going to do is pray that the grace of God, the Bible says, for it is of God that gives us the will to do of His good pleasure. It is of God that gives us the will. You believe that? It's of God that gives us the will. You might be indifferent right now. You might can't stand the message I just preached. You might feel as though this isn't for you because you don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. If you feel that you need to have the grace of God to become person who will raise the staff, make a change so that we can change the map of the Buddhist world, but also change the map of our nation, change the map of our personal lives. I want you to come right now. Now, if you can't come, we understand that. What I just stay in your seat, but let's come because I'm going to have my brother pray over you for the grace, for the spirit of the living God to make a dynamic change in your heart and in your mind because you will not do it. You'll go right out of these doors. You'll go right back to what you've been doing and this message will not be remembered or applied apart from the grace of God. Now what's burdening your heart right now? Is it this church? Is it this community? Is it your family? Is it your health? Is it an addiction? Is it an issue? We're going to pray for the grace of God that, that prayer is going to win the battle. Amen? We're going to win. The battle is going to change. The, the tide of the battle is going to change this very day. How many of you want that? We need the tide of the battle to change for the Buddhist world. Oh, God, for our nation, change the tide of the battle. We're seeing some things change, but it didn't come to pass without prayer. Politics and policy and all of that is not going to bring about change in our world. Prayer will bring about the changes that we're seeking. And so I'm going to pray that my brother will pray. That the Spirit of God will come with grace, grace, grace to bring the Spirit of prayer, the Spirit of grace upon you. Will you just bow your heads and 
Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, we humble before you. And we do need your grace. And we know that prayer will bring the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 is clear that we can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. So I pray for everyone here right now that's hungering and thirsting for you. That your grace through prayer will bring the power of the Holy Spirit. Touch this people with the burden of prayer. Let it come from you. Let it empower them through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I believe the Lord would say to all of us today, seek not what's to come, but first seek what I have already done. On my cross at Calvary, I delivered you from sin and death that you might come into the power of the Holy Spirit and be empowered by me to do the things that were preached this morning. Ask for the power of the Holy Spirit now to give you a prayer life like you've never had before. In Jesus' name, just ask for it. Ask for it in Jesus' name. not be able to go to Burma to the Buddhist, Buddhist world with us, but I'm going to enlist you this morning into the army of God, the prayer warriors, that will commit to praying once a week for the Buddhist world, and as you do that, God will lead you to pray for your nation, God will lead you to pray for your church, your family, your local 715 community. I'm going to challenge you this morning to become one of those prayer warriors, and you can do that by picking up one of these commitment cards. You can go to changethemap.net, put in your email address. I'll send you a prayer prompt every Monday. Every Monday, you'll get an audio where we are praying for the Buddhist world. 
It's only three to four minutes long. And you can pray with us for the Buddhist world. And out of that will be born a prayer life that will begin to change the map in your own life. It'll begin to change the map, the spiritual map of your community. I guarantee you that as prayer becomes the priority again. Now, Father, I just pray right now that in every heart, in every mind, in every body, Lord, you would bring healing, you'd bring freedom, that your spirit moves right now and breaks down every barrier, every obstacle, every demonic force that is trying to hinder the move of God to bring about this amazing change within our churches and within our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll break every addiction, everything that's holding us down, everything that we're looking at and watching and listening to God that comes in in, in a uh, in a way that takes us out of our presence with you, your presence with us. Lord, we pray that you'll woo us now, draw us, and give us what we can do on our own. Give us the will to do your will in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.